Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Hey there, Lisa. How are you today? I'm great, Nat. What about you? I'm really good. The sun is shining. It is summer in Australia. Can't complain. No, perfect, perfect. And what's even better is that I get to come together with you again and we have got another guest for our podcast, Justine Cox. Hello, Justine. Hi, guys. How are you going? We're good. It's fantastic to be here. Thanks. So, Justine... We're really excited to have you on today. And I thought I'd just um, let our listeners know a little bit about you. So Justine, you're a leadership coach who partners with business leaders and teams to achieve extraordinary impact by connecting to their purpose, bringing planning to life, developing leadership capability, understanding behaviours and taking action. We love that you, and I've quoted this direct from your website, partner with people to grow strong and kind leadership so that we can build trusting teams that consider uh, consistently deliver high quality results. That's fabulous. Well, um, Justine, we understand you uh, aim to help others reduce the overwhelm, reclaim their time and get their mojo back. Tick, tick, tick in my boxes um, over here on my list. So that's fantastic. You're also lucky enough to call the New South Wales coast home, one of my pla- uh, favourite places to visit. And it's here that we can find you uh, paddleboarding, walking, running, hiking, reading or eating out. So with all of those things, how do you get time to work? But I'm sure you fit it in. So let's get started. Let's roll this off. Tell us a little bit about yourself that maybe I didn't touch on in the bio and, and your perimenopause story. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, I am a mum to Nash, five-year-old Nash, who... Uh, keeps me uh, young and on my toes. I started my business, which is called Leaders Change Room, uh, when Nash was just before he turned one. And it was not long after that that I things started to change for me in terms of my body and how and my overall well-being. And it took me a little bit longer to work out that I was then in perimenopause, which honestly I didn't even know existed. I'd never heard of that term before. So, yeah, I've had a really interesting journey because I've, I moved out of corporate, always wanted to work for myself, but honestly never had the courage to leave a good paying job. And then once I'd had, you know, almost 12 months off uh, with no pay, <laughs> I thought, why not give it a go? Uh, so I did. And, you know, just over five years later, I'm still here and the business has been growing and it's been one hell of a ride, I've got to say. But I have, it's been challenging, one, because I'm learning about being in business and being in the online space. Two, I'm bringing up a, a five-year-old um, and I am now, I came a little bit late to the parenting party. I had Nash at 43 and I'm now 48. So that poses some of its own challenges. And then I've been balancing this bloody menopause, to be honest, which has uh, been its own kind of journey. Wow. I am, um, you know, I love the bit about so many women find that they don't know or haven't heard of perimenopause and, and it's such a common question that we and there's a case around it. 
and it's something that I get on about so much. So you just, you know, totally confirm that again for us. Thank you. That was a great um, way to learn a little bit about yourself. So I guess just delving a little bit more, um, Justine, you know, you sort of touched on that phase of 40s, you know, a lot of women are coming back into themselves a little bit. And, um, you know, we're finding also that women are having um, children a lot later in life too, but there's still, you know, that, I guess, that desire for that career ambition. There's that real, um, you know, looking at the life cycle of a career, once we get to 40s, there's like a re-acceleration, you know, we still want to really hit our strides with our career and, and achieve our, our greatest career goals. But also it's those symptoms of perimenopause that can have a huge impact on our um, working ability, our sort of concentration, our focus, even, you know, right down to our communication. What sort of impact has perimenopause had on you in your working life, but also in running your own business too? Yeah, like honestly, I felt like I was, at the beginning, I thought I was losing my mind. Kind of, I didn't, it's hard to articulate, but I just didn't start, I started to feel not like myself. And at first I thought it was, okay, this is just because I've had a baby. Because it, you know, the symptoms truly started for me when Nash was about, 14 to 15 months old and I was just finishing breastfeeding so I just thought it was all kind of tied up and it it honestly took me about another it was about the January February in the following year so probably another eight to nine months before I started to go okay can't be still the baby thing you know and for me it was the lack of sleep I went nine months probably longer if I'm honest and I did not sleep through the night once so I was physically and emotionally tired Uh, I was more emotional so and that potentially was the you know also lack of sleep but I was I just felt I felt fragile probably a good way of putting it Um, and I, I had my patience was really tested which is really challenging with a little baby um and I actually it was a bit of a mix of um yes, I can do this in terms of the business. And then, oh my God, what am I doing? No, I can't do it. And I was constantly in this kind of battle with myself that I could do it and I couldn't do it. And I was, it was almost like I was at tug of war and that took a lot of energy. And so I, I, I know now in hindsight, I held myself back and it, I just couldn't get into my own flow or my own rhythm. Mm, yeah, so true. Do you think there would have been, had you started your business earlier in life, do you think that sort of that self-doubt would have been as strong then as it was for you when you started now? Look, it's hard to say, but I honestly, I feel like I started to come into my own, if I think as a woman, kind of around that mid-30s, if I'm really honest, and I felt really strong. I remember my career was going well. I had a lot of confidence. I think if I started the business then, it probably would have been very different. It sort of takes you into your 30s to, I don't know, get comfy in your own skin is what I've found. Uh, So my kind of mid, early to mid 30s and all the way through to my 40s, I felt really good and strong and comfortable and confident. So probably not, you know, I think starting the business at that time while it was opportune because, you know, I'd had time off and having a baby obviously is a big shift in your life. So you're dealing with all of those things. 
I know in hindsight the the perimenopause definitely made it more difficult. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. and and something that we hear so often, and you know, it is such a um, you know they call it even a, a silent career killer for women. And I guess the beauty, you know, I say all of us because we're all in our own business is. You know, we're, we're still driven by the impact we're trying to create through our work. We've also got that added, I guess, flexibility that we work on our terms. You know, it'd be very different being in that, that working environment, working with someone else. And that's, that's something that we're really seeing is happening for a lot of women. Um, and I guess that's why that takes us to the workplace work that we're trying to do in, in really starting that conversation around menopause in the workplace. Because, yeah, what, what you're talking about is definitely what other women are experiencing in that, that work environment. Yeah, I just, I think for me, like, you really start, I don't know whether this was because I was a bit older, but I really, in my head, was going, okay, what is wrong with me? I am an intelligent woman. Why can I not work this out? Because everything I tried wasn't working. So all the old things that I knew how to do, you know, exercise more, that actually made me feel worse. Mm. Um, eating better was good but wasn't the answer. Um, yeah, I just I felt like I should have been able to work it out and I couldn't. And then, you know, I beat myself up more than I normally would. Can, can I ask, Justine, what were maybe two or three um, things that helped pull you through? Like what, what, what you know, top th three things would you suggest that, um, that helped you and that were game changers for you during this time? The first thing would be that get support. Okay. So I, I had not talked with my girlfriends about perimenopause. I didn't even know it. We hadn't really talked about menopause other than that's something that old people get, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I hadn't kind of thought you know here I was in my mid 40s so I'm I didn't think it was going to be that because I expected that wouldn't happen to my 50s so get support I started to talk to my girlfriends about it actually what really happened for me is my Pilates teacher there's a beautiful lady called Gemma I started talking to her about it and she was the one who said to me I think this is what it might be go and talk to this other lady who was um an alternate therapist, but she specialised in female hormones. And mm. once I got to her, because I tried a few other things, I went to my doctor, I went and saw a nutritionist, that just didn't work. Once I got to her and I started to realise what it really was, that helped. So that was the first thing, get some support. And then I was able to talk to my girlfriends about it. That was the first thing. The next thing then was to realise, if I think back, it was about going, well, Things are changing and that's okay. I need to now use this time to kind of reset and realign. And I really started to get clear on my lifestyle choices and noticing the things that made me feel worse and the things that made me feel better. Um, I needed to get more sleep. I could, before I could live on not much sleep, I could not do that anymore and I had to stop. So I had to set myself up for a really good bedtime routine and, and get, make sure I got good quality sleep. Uh, I bought myself a new pillow. That helped. And uh, linen sheets, those kind of things that I just, you know, that whole thing. And then, you know, the other thing I would say was I got really honest with myself and it was easy to do this because I was in my own business about when I was at my best and when I wasn't. And I stopped trying to push my body to be on the 
the schedule of what everybody else wanted. I really needed to start listening. And, you know, I recognise that that's harder for people who work in, you know, in a traditional sense with a boss or in a corporate environment. So it was easier, but I definitely needed to do that. So that would be the top three things. Mm, so powerful. And, you know, what you're talking about there in your third point, I really liken that to shoulding all over yourself. You know, like it's always the shoulds, isn't it? We get caught up. Well, I should do this for this person or I should do this because they expect it. And if I don't do this, then I'm going to look like a bad person. And it's like, you've got to come back to yourself and you've got to, to, to look after yourself. It's not selfish, it's imperative. So as you said, you know when you can be at your best and, and you know when you're perhaps going to be at your worst. And it's it's choosing to show up as your best to the people around you, which you know, so powerful. And that really leads into my next question and, and really why we connected with you and, and love the work that you do, because we know that you're a leadership coach, but you really overlap that with strength and kindness, you know, and 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 we love that message. And so you might have touched on this a little bit, but how did you give yourself strength and kindness back then? But then also today as well, you know, has that changed for you a little bit? Yeah, um, I traditionally have been good at the strength, you know, that um, I've worked in corporate, I'm good at setting goals, I'm, I'm good at taking action, not so good with the kindness to myself, but to my leaders, I, re I mean, I believe strength and kindness are not mutually exclusive and they are the key to great leadership, you know, to understanding that people are human and they have emotions and allowing or creating the space where it's comfortable for people to work through their own emotions as leaders, we don't have to take on other people's emotions. It's more about creating that space for them. So I really had to tune into that kindness. And for me, I started meditating every day. I actually read a book by a guy called Kane Draper um, called Win the Morning, Win the Day. And, you know, off the back of that comment around sleep, it was also about so getting a good night's sleep but then setting myself up for the best day possible. I'm a journaler. I've been journaling since I was 13, um, but I got very um, inconsistent. So I started this, what I would call my, um, my morning ritual, where I would wake up um, and lay in bed and meditate for 15 minutes. I just used the free Insight Timer app and just give myself that space to, like, just to be before I kind of got out of bed and, and got to the rest of the day. Uh, and then I would light a candle and journal. Um, I use a bit of a, um, a process for how I journal, but what, one of the first things I do is express three things that I'm grateful for. Uh, and that really then helped me kind of get set for the day and really clear. And then I would usually spend about an hour before the house woke up because I get up early, um, getting something off my plate that was my highest priority. And that way I felt like if the rest of the wheels fell off for the day, I had I had done the most important thing and I'd set myself up for a really good day. So um, I did those things consistently. I also um, tuned a little bit more into that inner critic. I noticed that she'd become really loud. Uh, so the journaling helped me to quieten her down. Um, but, yeah, they're probably the key things that I did. I, I put exercise... Funnily enough, a little bit on the back burner. Um, I used to get up and exercise in the morning and I was a runner before I had the baby, but I just didn't have the energy for it. So I do a lot more gentle. I started Pilates, walking, 
To be honest, the exercise is still a challenge. You know, I haven't mastered that yet, but it's next on the list. Yeah, great. Well, one of our upcoming guests actually is Mish Wright, and she's a female exercise expert and particularly around um, perimenopause and menopause. So you have to keep an eye out for um, an upcoming episode probably in the new year. I definitely will. Um, you know, I did start going to a yoga class on Fridays. I just, I can't, I, I know now that I can't do the type of exercise I used to do before. I just, it actually just saps my energy. It doesn't give me more energy. So I got to move. I have to move, but in a gentler way. Justine, I'm right where you are. I was a runner and a few years ago I couldn't do it anymore. I'm loving Pilates. I love to walk. I'm, I'm thinking, um, though, of putting some strength training into it as well, apart from the Pilates and doing some weights in the new years. So you've just got to find what works for you. And, what, and, you know, it's sort of like what gets you out of bed to actually exercise. And like Natalie, you know, always says to me, just do what you love. And it's so true. It's, it's, you've just got to find the right thing. Yeah. I, I've recently, um, every, in the morning, into my morning ritual, I do 20 minutes walking on the treadmill. And that's the time that I listen to a podcast. So it's 20 minutes. I listen to how much of a podcast I can in 20 minutes. And I just do that every morning. And at least then I've done something. Totally agree. So, Justine, um, we, um, we've been doing a lot of research ourselves and there's definitely a lot of research coming out of the UK that suggests that menopausal women, uh, women are the fastest growing demographic. How do you think leaders in business could support women through this phase of life? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, my answer is probably similar to what I would say to regardless of who the people were. But the first thing is you need to trust your people, right? Um, I think trust is one of the most underrated concepts um, in, in work, right? Work is really a social enterprise, right? We're getting groups of people together to move towards a common goal. So first is trust your people. Throughout my entire career, my message has always been focus on outcome, not input. We don't pay people for their time because let's be honest, most of the time you couldn't afford it. You know, if you think about what it's taken a person to bring all of that skill and experience and knowledge to that one minute, that hour, that eight-hour day, you couldn't afford it. So we don't pay people for time. We pay people for what they can do with their time that is aligned with our goals. And so I would say focus on outcome, not input. From when I manage teams, you know, it's relevant to me unless they were working way too many hours that I'd want to know about it. But really how much time they spent, that was irrelevant. We focused on what they were producing, what their achievements were, what their outcomes were and making sure that that was nicely balanced with whatever else was going on in their lives. So that's the first thing. The other thing that um, I was very lucky early in my career, so we're talking 25 years ago, one of the first jobs I had out of uni was with an organisation and they had, they called them at the time, mental health days. But you could take two days a year without any reason. Mm. So my suggestion often is to employers that I work with now is to create well-being days, right? They're days that you can just take because let's be honest, we're taking them anyway, right? You're, you're going to find ways to take them. So that was that's the second thing. And then the third thing is we've got to get away from this traditional view that just because we can see people that they're 
doing what we hope that they're doing. If you're going to, it comes back to that trust thing, but your job as a leader is to get the right people in your team at the right time. Once they're there, you need to trust. You know, make sure you create an environment where they, are, they can be at their best and they know where we've got to go, so what the expectations are, but then get out of their way and trust them. Now, flexible working, you know, that's that seems like the easy option, but it's, it is much easier these days. Allow people to work when they're at their best. I've found that when you've got the right people, the organisation always wins. They will always give you more than what you paid for. Yeah, so true. And there's just that there's that flow and effect that, you know, if you've got individuals and or teams, you know, thriving and, and working well at work, then that just naturally gravitates to the rest of the business, doesn't it? It goes without saying. And and the three points that you touched on there are just such simple ideas, yet we don't really sort of I feel like, you know, leaders, and I'm, I'm talking about from my own experience, you know, I feel like that was non-existent for me. Yeah. We get so hooked on time, right? Mm. No, I, honestly, we could never afford people's time in reality. And we've got to stop being so focused on that. That's an input. We, we need to focus on what we can achieve and set people up for success and then get out of their way. You know, um, I'm just looking back. I just wrote down a few things because they resonated so well. But as a, as a woman going through perimenopause or menopause and having, you know, symptoms that are few to so many, knowing that you could be in a, in a corporation or a company where you have that trust from your managers, um, you can take that well-being day, take that time out, and that you're not constantly being watched or asked questions about getting your job done whilst also coping with what you're going through, that's so powerful for a woman to know that. And that would be one huge step forward for many companies to work through and implement within their organisations. So thank you. That, that excellent, um, excellent response, Justine. Oh, thank you. Look, leadership is about relationships, okay? And the, the basis of all relationships is trust. I say to everybody that works with me, you know, you've got to focus on your relationships. The relationship that is most important is the one you have with yourself because that sets the tone for all your other relationships. Mm. You know, once you get clear on that, then you want to be deliberately building positive, proactive relationships with your people. I was working with a, a client last week and it was a, it happened to be a group of men um, and they're kind of uh, mid-level leaders and they, they'd been through a change and they were talking about that they had to work with this new leader and whether they like the style or not and you know and I said to them what you want to do with any person that you need to build a relationship with is you want to date them because what do we do when we start dating someone okay we show up for them we share some of ourselves and our vulnerability we ask them questions we're interested in them we take them for a coffee we give them a little bit of leeway we don't expect them to be perfect so when we're trying to build a relationship, you know, I think this thinking about the concept of I'm going to start dating this person, you know, you can decide later whether you want to divorce them or not, <laughs> but date them first, you know, put that effort in and we don't do it. We don't do it enough. What a great concept that is. What do you reckon, Matt? Oh, it's great. It is. Date the, it, date, so the, date the manager, date the leader. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, you want to, because you're trying to carve out this relationship. The relationship 
in that relationship, what we're looking for is where you can be at your best and where your leader can be at your best. And it's, mm. it needs to be an equal relationship. You know, no, the leader does not have power over you unless you give it to them. We're there to do different things. We're paid different amounts of money because we have different levels of responsibility, but we are equal and we have to work together. Yeah, so beautifully said. And it's a really good segue into my next question, actually. And, you know, as I touched on earlier, it's, it's about women still embracing their careers and really feeling like, you know, they're just coming back into their strides and they haven't quite hit that that career sort of goal that they've wanted to achieve. So, you know, how can women define what perimenopause looks like for them, feels like what it is for them so that they can still you know, feel ambitious and still work, um, you know, at, at their best? Yeah, I like to, and so this is said in hindsight, so it's not the way I approached it, it's based on my own experience. Uh, but what I look, the way I look at it now is uh, as a time for reflection. So if I think about my corporate career, I'm really big on reflection and planning, okay? And reflection is about looking back and saying, well, what do I like about what I did? What didn't I like? What should I start doing, stop doing, you know, um, do more of? Where am I now? So what's happening now? And where do I want to be in the future? And I think the moments throughout our lives, whether it be having a baby or perimenopause, that we're given, that they're gifts for us to be able to reflect, reset, realign to go again. And that we have to be honest with ourselves about the fact that change, actually I, wanna, I don't want to call it change. It's like it's an evolution. And every stage is like an experiment. And if we approach it like that, when I started the business, I consciously thought of it like an experiment because you can't fail an experiment, right? You try and do things on, see how they fit. If, they, if it didn't quite work, you try something else. And I feel like that's the way we should approach perimenopause as an opportunity to reflect and reset. Mm. We're evolving. Things are different and different doesn't mean bad. And it's an opportunity to reset and then keep moving in whatever that next direction that you want to go is. Well, that leads really well into the question that I want to ask you, Justine. So as you know, this podcast is all about power being called perimenopause power um, and finding and nurturing and using our personal power as we transition through perimenopause and beyond. So from a personal perspective, what does um, coming into your own power mean to you? I have this um, visual for myself. Whenever I'm not feeling in my power, it's like I've got this big, heavy, dark coat on and I'm standing in the shadows and for me, coming into my power is taking this coat off and standing in the sunshine and feeling good. You know that the sun's coming down on your face and you feel light and you, you're grounded. I think that's the way I like to think about it. And then the second piece is about being confident in your own voice. Mm -hmm. And if I think back, I'm a talker. I, I am an extrovert. I'm a coach. I'm naturally I'm good in front of people. But often I've used my voice to say what I thought people wanted me to say. And now, you know, after going through this, I'm much, I'm much better at actually saying what I really think, what I feel, 
and more importantly, what I believe. I think the more as women we can start thinking about what we believe, what our purpose is, and getting comfortable with the fact that we are all leaders, regardless of whether we have a title. You know, we're leaders. We are looking to positively influence people and that that's okay. And I talk to my leaders that I work with about the importance of leading, leaving a legacy, right? And I ask them, how will the world be a little better off because you were here? Because that's what I believe the point is. Yeah, amazing. You're a woman after my own heart, Justine. You uh, speak my language and I, I, I agree. It's, um, yeah, it's understanding what, what is your passion, what's your purpose, what do you want to be known for, or what legacy can you leave, and then just going after it, right, and just not, not worrying about, you know, what you say or being embarrassed about what you think, but, yeah, coming back into your power, coming into your beliefs and, and owning it. Yeah, really powerful. Absolutely. Can you imagine what how extraordinary the world could be if every person left it a little better off? If, if we were all focused on that, on our little thing, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're an artist or you're in business or you're, you're a parent or whatever your thing is, you know, and it doesn't have to be huge. There's a, a TED talk by a guy called Drew Dudley and he talks about these lollipop moments, right? It's the little moments that we get to positively impact other people. And that's what leadership is about. It's not the big grand gestures. It's the little things we do consistently that have the biggest impact. And, you know, we've got to kind of strip away this fear of, of what it is to influence people because we've, we've a lot of the time, I hear women, women in particular say, oh, no, I'm not a leader. Oh, I don't want to be a leader, you know. And it's because we've, we've put the, you know, this negative concept around what leadership is and, and influencing people. And often people, are, when they say influence, they're hearing manipulation. Yeah? yeah. But it's not about that. And when you're true to your purpose right, and your intent and you're showing up in the world you know, I talk about superpowers, you know, within your own superpower, then what can go wrong? You know, there will always be people that are not our people and that's okay. You know, as you get older, you realise that. I'm not trying to be all things to all people. I really love this whole niching and super niching that's going on at the moment because it gives us all permission to just, you know, be within the tribe that we should be in and not worry about the other tribes because there's other people for them. Yeah, so true. And even in a personal context too, not even in a, a business context as well. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of personal circles that we're part of that you sort of think, oh, why am I here? You know, and, and I guess that's, that's that reflection piece, isn't it? And it's not about being rude or harsh, but it's about, you know what, I, I need to protect my energy and where I put my energy and particularly during that phase of perimenopause where there is so much change and and i love evolution and that transformation it's like well i need to yeah i need to protect my energy and and be conscious of where i'm putting it so that you can still show up as your best self where you, where you want to show up as your best self yeah absolutely my networks are smaller now um and i also i mean one thing that i didn't say before but in terms of that perimenopause knowing that you need quiet time 
I used to fill all the spaces up thinking that that's what I was supposed to. I'm an extrovert, right? I'm filling it all up. I, I, I don't fill the spaces up anymore. I need, I know I need some quiet time mm-hmm. and it's okay. It's all right if I sit and watch Netflix for two hours on a sunny day, if that's what I feel like I need. Yeah, quiet, quiet time. I love that because, I, I, you know, I, I used to think that being, you know, super busy all the time and not having and not scheduling any quiet time was just the thing that I had to do. And as I've got older, I've certainly learned that, you know, and if I don't want to go to something, I just say no politely or, you know, yeah. um, just decide not to go because often we end up looking after everyone else too, don't we? We don't look after ourselves. And I love the example of watching a Netflix on, on a sunny day because if there is something really good and you want to watch it, well, you should bloody well be able to watch it. So, Absolutely. You know, I, you talk, I talk in my courses about making sure that we fit our own face mask first. And particularly as women, we're really good at mm. making sure everybody else's cup is full. And then we forget about our own. And, you know, I think part of why I was given perimenopause at the time I was, was to remind me to fill up my own cup. Yep. I love that you see a positive there, Justine. Yeah, definitely. You know, we could just chat and chat to you because um, you're just you're a wealth of knowledge from le- knowledge of from leadership, but then also, you know, your own personal experience and just that sort of deep emotional spiritual connection that you have is is just so powerful and just um, so inspiring for others, I'm sure. And our listeners have probably really loved listening to you chat. So let us know, where can our listeners find out about you more? Uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, so my business is Leaders Change Room. You can find me on all the Ws, leaderschangeroom.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, but you can email me at justine at leaderschangeroom.com. Uh, I have a fantastic program that I've now put fully online called Leadership Lift. And it's your seven-step leadership success system. So get in contact about that. It includes a mixture of um, pre-recorded, you know, lessons plus group coaching and group Q&As. But if you just want to reach out and um, have a chat or connect, please do so. Thanks so much. And we'll include all of those links in the show notes. Well, thanks so much, Justine. It's been a really great conversation. Oh, thank you. I've had fun. Thanks, Justine. See you again soon. Bye. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.